Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the Indiana Visitors Edition of the Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On today's show, we welcome the return of the legendary voice of Indiana football and basketball, Don Fisher. But first, my view from Section 17 to get us started. The last five days have been strange. When Saturday dawned, the Michigan faithful were looking forward to a coast-to-coast night game in the big house against our bitter rivals from East Lansing. In the wee hours of Sunday morning, we were disappointed, angry, and soaking wet if you were in Ann Arbor. This had to be one of the most frustrating games I have ever watched us play. I got home at 2 a.m., couldn't wait to close my eyes and forget about the game. Two hours later, I fell asleep. When I woke up, I grabbed the morning paper and saw the headlines, Spartans upset Michigan, Harbaugh outcoached by D'Antonio, and on and on it went. I spent much of my morning reading the post-game analysis, and there wasn't much that I read that made me feel any better. I was reminded of what Bob Eufer used to say in his closing broadcasts after a Michigan loss. They wrap fish in yesterday's newspaper. I will be back next week, and much more importantly, Michigan football will be back, with fire in their eyes and blood in their hearts. And usually Bob was right. Jim Harbaugh said at his presser, it was bad, we lost, it's time to get ready and win the next one. That's how Jim Harbaugh was coached by Bo and his staff and raised by his father. And you can rest assured, he will prepare his team in that same way. I think most of us were disappointed because when Jim came back, we thought it wouldn't take long and we would reclaim our rightful place at the top of the Big Ten and, of course, on the national scene. It doesn't help that we are always hearing comparisons like this. Urban won a national championship in his second year. Saban did too. Which means Jim Harbaugh's team, in the third year under his direction, should be at that level. After all, he has his players now. Granted, they are young, but they are his guys. And I mean, if everything followed script, that would be reasonable to expect. As most of us know, life doesn't follow a script, neither does college football. This week, the media and fans are questioning our game plans, Jim's play calling, and wondering aloud what we had done during Improvement Week. John U. Bacon always says Michigan fans aren't happy unless they are unhappy. Lots of unhappy fans this week from the emails I'm getting. But it's over, we played poorly on Saturday, and we lost 
It was a hard lesson learned by this young team on that rain-soaked field last Saturday. How will they respond this Saturday? We can't be certain, but my hunch is we will be a much better team this week, especially on offense. Don Fisher always says, why do we have to play Michigan when they are angry or coming off a poor performance? He said it just never turns out well for Indiana. My guest today is a radio legend, not only to IU football and basketball fans, but in the broadcasting community. He is now in his 45th year as the radio play-by-play voice of Hoosier football and basketball. The interview with him is short, too. Every year I call Don to confirm a date and time to tape our show. He tells me the same thing every year. Michael, I've got 15 minutes for you. He doesn't mean 1501 or 1459. He means 15 minutes on the dime. You better have him wrapped up at the 15-minute mark, or he just says, Mike, thanks for having me on the show. Bye. He's a trip, but I like him. Don Fisher is up next in our visitor segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Joining us once again this year is the radio play-by-play voice of Indiana football, Don Fisher. Welcome back, Don. Mike, thanks for having me. Well, Don, on Saturday, the Hoosiers moved to 3-2 and two in the season, beating Charleston Southern 27-0 to zip in Bloomington. Freshman quarterback Peyton Ramsey got the start and put up some pretty good numbers, Don. Well, he did. Uh, he's played quite a bit this year. He played a little bit in the first game against Ohio State, uh, just came in for a series or two. Uh, then, of course, uh, against Virginia on the road, got an opportunity to play a lot in that ball game uh, and really did a tremendous job of bringing Indiana back. Uh, for whatever reason, Richard Lego, who was the starter all of last year and uh, at the beginning of this season, really struggled in that game to throw the ball accurately. And uh, without question, Peyton came in and kind of turned the whole thing around, got the team going. Uh, sparked him, uh, did it with both his throwing arm and his legs, and uh, did did very, very well. And then he uh, came back uh, the following week. Of course, we had the the uh, for, uh, the uh, Florida team that came to, was expected to come to town, Florida International. And Indiana, uh, without question, had to cancel that ball game because of that situation for Florida International. So that game was canceled. It turned into a bye week. Uh, which kind of was uh, a, a negative for the team because obviously they had a little momentum coming off the Virginia win. Nobody thought the Virginia win was all that great, incidentally, at that point in time because uh, Virginia last year had such a struggle, and all of a sudden this year they've turned it around pretty dramatically, and that win turns into a, a ball club that, uh, or at least a team that most people thought, well, they're not very good when Indiana played them. Well, Indiana showed that they were a good football team, or based on what they've done since then, they were a good football team, and Indiana beat them soundly. So all that said, uh, and they come back, of course, and play a Penn State team that beats them soundly, and then last week they beat uh, a ball club that uh, everybody thought that they would beat them and beat them badly. Uh, they didn't beat them that badly, but nevertheless, the Charleston Southern win was a good one for this Indiana football team, and Peyton Ramsey has continued to show himself uh, in each ball game that he's come in. He's played very well, uh, and that's I think the big reason that Tom Allen decided to make the change this past week and give him the opportunity to start for the first time and get his feet wet, so to speak. Well, he was 32 of 41 on Saturday uh, with Charleston Southern, but 
It was raining buckets down there in Bloomington, from what I understand. So, you know, 32 for 41, that's pretty impressive. Well, it, it was. He, he did a really good job in that context. It, the rain really didn't start coming down until midway through the third quarter. So it wasn't like uh, it rained the entire ball game. Uh, and he did throw a pass interception in the early part of the third quarter. It had no relation to the rain or any wetness on the football at that point in time. But but he threw for a couple of touchdowns. He ran for one. Actually, he, the touchdown that he ran for, he didn't really run. He handed the ball off to Devontae Williams, who fumbled it. It bounced kind of toward the end zone, and he went and jumped on top of it and scored the touchdown because he was in the end zone when he recovered it. So, uh, but but he did very well. He, he's a good. He's a really smart young man. Really understands the game. He's a coach's kid. Uh, comes from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, really understands what he's doing out there, and uh, he can hurt you with both his feet and his arm. But he doesn't have the strength in the throwing arm that Richard Lego had. And, of course, spreading the field now, or at least extending the field um, and defenses a little bit with that throwing arm is a bit of a question mark in that context. But he's very accurate with the short, short game throws. He can throw on the run pretty accurately. Uh, so he gives you a lot of what Indiana did not have with Lego. Well, Don, Mike DeBoard's offense is averaging just over uh, 400 yards per game. I think it's 408 right now, 148 yards of that on the ground. Uh, but really, uh, the Hoosiers don't have a Tevin Coleman or a Divine Redding type of a running back this year, do they? No, they do not. Uh, Indiana's been blessed with a lot of really good running backs over the last several years. Jordan Howard, you can throw in there, too, who's now with the Chicago Bears. Uh, they they just don't have that kind of guy. They've got a kid and a freshman named Morgan Ellison who has the ability, it looks like he's got the tools to be that kind of running back at some point in time, but he's still young. He still makes mistakes. Uh, sometimes he doesn't hit it up in there like uh, my analyst is a former running backs coach for Bill Mallory back in the day, <laughs> and, and Buck doesn't like the way he kind of dances every once in a while, but nevertheless, he's got some talent. But they just haven't been able to really run the ball effectively on a consistent basis at this point. Uh, there's no question that Ellison has the tools. He's 6'1", 225, and has speed, uh, and he's got some good power. He just doesn't do it on a consistent basis. But it's not just him. Indiana really started the season going to be a, a team that runs the football by committee, so to speak, and nobody's really stepped up and done it consistently at this point. They've got several backs. Uh, Cole Guest looked good on Saturday uh, against Charleston Southern, a lesser ball club, certainly not not a very talented team in the sense of what it takes to play in the Big Ten. Um, and Guest looked very good. But there was nobody outside uh, of uh, of him that really took the control of the ball game as far as going in there and really showing that he was going to be a consistent runner. Part of that, in my opinion, is due to the offensive line. The offensive line was a bit of a struggle last year. It continues to be this year. Uh, they just don't dominate the way they did when they had Jason Spriggs and Dan Feeney and that group of, uh, of linemen uh, that was really a strong offensive line a couple of years ago. Uh, and they just don't have the offensive line that seems to have that kind of push to it to get the running game going like it's capable of doing. Now, they've, they've shown it in a game or two. Again, the competitions probably had something to do with that. Uh, not only did they beat a team called Charleston Southern, but they beat a team called Georgia Southern, uh, and, and they beat them soundly. And the reason they beat them was these two teams weren't very talented football teams. Don, the IU defense getting better the last two years, and I know that was uh, what Kevin Wilson was emphasizing. 
nine starters, at least at the start of the season, were back from last year. And you know, Penn State and Ohio State put up some pretty good numbers on the uh, the Hoosiers and their two losses. Talk about this IU defense and what's happening on that side of the ball. Well, the defensive struggles, uh, having just been the last few years, they've been ongoing since Bill Mallard was coached back in the and left the team back in the mid-'90s. Uh, they just haven't had very good defensive football teams. I'd, I'd say maybe back in 2006 or 2007 when Terry Hefner was the coach, and uh, the and the year after he was after he passed away, that defense was a pretty decent defense. But uh, they just haven't had any strength in the defensive side of the football for a long time. And when Tom Allen was hired last year as the new defensive coordinator. He changed everything in one year's time. He got these kids believing in themselves. He, he, he installed a, simple, a more simplistic type of uh, a defensive uh, package that these kids were able to run. He put guys in the right position so that they could succeed. And all of a sudden, things turned around. They went from being in the 120s as far as uh, defensive statistically uh, around the country, as far as NCAA stats were concerned. They went from in the 120s down to in the 50s. And uh, that was a tremendous jump for this football program, no question about it. And they want to become a top 25 defense. I'm not sure that they're at that point yet. The defensive line still is a little bit suspect in the sense of having the kind of depth and the talent level that that a lot of really good defenses have. But this is a, a good defense. There's no question about it. They shut down Saquon Barkley again this year. They've done it two years in a row now. Uh, the Penn State running back, who's a Heisman Trophy candidate, he had 60 yards a year ago. He had 56 in the game against Indiana this season. But Indiana really schemed to, to stop him and keep him under control, and it hurt them in other areas. So they still have some weak points, but the defense is better. They've got talent. They've got the most depth that they've had in the defensive backfield at the corners and the safety positions that they've had in years and years. So the depth there is really good. The linebacking core is really good. T. Gray Scales and Chris Covington are both good backers. They just don't have a lot of depth at that position. And like I said before, the defensive line is probably the big question mark on defense. They've got good, solid, hardworking kids, uh, but they don't have great playmakers in those defensive line spots. So uh, they, they have to do it in, in a lot of different ways, but Tom Allen's really a good defensive coach, understands what that takes, and obviously uh, turned the program last year, and I think this year it, it looks very much the same. Kevin Wilson had the offense humming uh, while he was there at Indiana and, of course, brought in Tom Allen to build that defense. Do most IU fans think with uh, with Kevin gone and the, the great progress that was being made that Tom Allen is going to be able to continue that progress? Well, I think most people believe he can. Uh, whether he gets it done or not is anybody's guess. Indiana's a program that has not had great football tradition through the years. They've, they've had off and on success. When Bill Mallory was the coach back uh, and took the job back in 1984, uh, he, he really built it into a program where they got it done with uh, fifth-year seniors most of the time because he tried to redshirt everybody, and, and they built the program that way. It was a solid way to go about it in Indiana with the lack of tradition that they have and, and the inability to, to recruit the, the top-flight kids. But, but that hasn't changed a great deal, and since Mallory has been, has been gone, uh, they've been up and down, uh, for the most part been down, especially on the defensive side of the football. But I think there's a, a belief that Tom Allen has all the right ingredients to get this program back to at least the Mallory-era type of level uh, if, in fact, they stay with him. And I, I don't think there's any question there's a real 
uh, want to do that because he is such a solid person. Uh, he's a he's a kind of coach that's uh, amiable toward the media. He's very he's very good with uh, the fan base, uh, and he's been a lot of different places where he's seen what it's supposed to look like when it's very successful, and uh, he seems to understand that. So. Uh, there's less. There's no question that the big key for Indiana is: can you recruit? Can you get the best kids in your state? Allen's got a tremendous reputation here. He's from the state of Indiana. He grew up coaching in this in the business here, um, and there's a real belief that this guy knows virtually every coach in the state, and he'll start getting the top recruits out of this state, uh, along with the really good recruiting classes or re- really good recruits from a lot of other states where he's been i.e. Florida, because that's where he was at last. And he, of course, coached down there for a few years. So uh, there, there's a belief that this guy can get it done. There's no question about it. Now, obviously, he does it a different way than Kevin Wilson did because Wilson was such an offensive guy. Uh, Tom is just the opposite. He's a very much a defensive guy. And I think he's put the offense into the hands of the right man. Mike DeBoard is another Indiana native. He, of course, was at Michigan for many years. He, he's a really smart guy, really understands offense. And from what I've seen thus far, I really like what he's done with the with the style that this Indiana offense is playing right now. Well, Don, final question for you. Uh, coming up this Saturday, we all saw, and I know you saw, um, what happened with Michigan on Saturday, the Michigan State game. Tough loss. Michigan's a six-and-a-half-point favorite coming into Bloomington on Saturday. But with what the Hoosiers saw on Saturday with that struggling Michigan offense, I think they have to feel pretty good about being in that game right until the end on Saturday. Well, they'll have to play really well because, let's face it, Michigan is by far the more talented football team. There's no question about that. But Indiana has found a way to hang in these ball games. Certainly they did with Ohio State at the outset of the season. Uh, for two-thirds of that game, they led that ball game quite a bit in, in that contest. And then, of course, it kind of fell apart on them in the last uh, 20 minutes of the contest. That said... Indiana is capable of making things difficult. The real question right now with this football team is whether they can put enough points on the scoreboard. And I know Michigan's struggling offensively a little bit, uh, but that doesn't seem, that's never been a big, big issue when it comes to playing against Indiana. They've had some real Donnybrook shootouts through the years. And, and last year at Michigan, uh, Michigan was able to score more than enough points to win that contest. So, uh, I, I, I know Michigan is going to be fired up to play Indiana, even though they're on the road uh, and, and won't have their big crowd backing them. Uh, this Michigan football team is really talented, and now they're mad, and there's no question they're going to come in here and try to put it on Indiana as best they can. So Indiana's going to have to play one of their best football games, no question about it. I think Indiana will compete. I think it'll be a good football game. And if Indiana gets the right kind of breaks and can turn the ball over a couple of times, I'm talking about turn Michigan over a couple of times with a couple of turnovers, they will give themselves an opportunity. Well, my guest on our visitor segment this week has been the radio voice of Indiana football and basketball, Don Fisher. Thanks for taking the time to be with us once again this year, Don, and enjoy the game on Saturday. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Quick Hits is next as we conclude another visitor's edition here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
On Quick Hits today, no injury updates have been released this week. Here are a few game day notes for you. Michigan leads the series with 56 wins against 9 losses. The first game played between these two teams was on November 3, 1900 in Ann Arbor. A 12-0 win for Michigan. Last year in the Snow Globe game with John O'Corn making the start, we prevailed or hung on 20-10. Tom Allen is in his first year as head coach at IU. He was the defensive coordinator last year under Kevin Wilson, then interim coach for the bowl game after Wilson was let go. He was named head coach shortly after the bowl game. IU was 6-7 and seven last year, 4-5 and five in the Big Ten. They played in the Foster Farms Bowl and lost to Utah 26-24. They returned seven starters on offense, nine on defense. The weatherman says it will be unseasonably warm in Bloomington on Saturday. Sunny and 79 degrees with 0% chance of rain, which I think John O'Corn and the offense will enjoy. Kickoff is scheduled for just after 12 noon. Don't forget our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, please take a minute to rate or comment on the program. Next week, we're on the road for another night game at Penn State. Now scheduled for 7.30 p.m. start on ABC. On Tuesday's game day show, my guest will be beat writer Nick Baumgartner from the Detroit Free Press. On the Visitor's Edition next Thursday, Penn State radio play-by-play voice Steve Jones will join us. It's been a long, tough week for Jim Harbaugh, his team, and we the fans. That loss to Michigan State was a hard pill to swallow, but now we have to move on. Let's get the offense working, we know the D will show up, and get back on track with a win at IU on Saturday. As I've said all along, there is no gimme left on the schedule. IU is a good football team and played Ohio State and Penn State tough at home, so we are in for a battle. That will do it for this week. We'll see you back here on Tuesday with Nick Baumgartner from the Detroit Free Press as we prepare for a trip to Happy Valley. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!